0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're going to be looking at a game that I recently started playing. I feel like I haven't done a game in a while. I've been in kind of a slump gaming-wise and haven't really been playing anything witchy, just replaying some old favourites, but this one caught my eye because it's described by a couple of people as a Bioware-style um, sort of fantasy RPG and I think someone referred to it as the kind of game Bioware don't make anymore and that really struck a chord with me. Bioware make Dragon Age and Mass Effect, two of my favourite gaming series but it is true that since Dragon Age Inquisition came out and since Mass Effect Andromeda came out, which not a lot of people liked They haven't really produced any any more RPG-style games like this one, and uh, I was kind of looking for something to fill that gap in my uh, gaming library, Uh, so I decided to give this one a shot. Uh, So briefly speaking, the game was developed by Spiders, not the Arachnid, the the company, and uh, was published by Focus Home Interactive. It's set in a sort of 17th century style world and it's available for windows playstation 4 and xbox one it came out in 2019 sort of the the tail end of 2019 and to be honest i didn't see a huge amount of fuss about it i think it got overshadowed by like bigger titles and because i guess from the title it's kind of hard to work out what the game is going to be about i didn't see really many trailers for it Uh, and to be honest it is a game that does have its problems and issues which i'll talk about in a minute first off obviously let's let's delve into some of the the setting and some of the the magic that's in it because that's the reason i picked it up is because you can play as a magic using character so the whole premise of the game is that a new world has been discovered this island world which everyone from where you currently live in a city called serene it is going to colonise and explore. So your cousin, Constantine, is going to be the governor of that island, and you are heading along as well as the legate of the Congregation of Merchants, which your character says about 50,000 times throughout the game. It's not really clear what this is, but basically imagine a kind of diplomat who's meant to keep peace between all the different rival factions who make up life in the world as you know it. So that's basically your role. You troop around and solve problems and disputes between these groups and investigate stuff as well. The setting most closely resembles I guess a time when America was being colonised and as you can expect a lot of the plot does deal with issues about racism and attacks on the native population and things of that nature. So basically your role is to try and get to know the native population of the island who are referred to as islanders or natives and also to try and get peace between them and some of the other groups that are being a bit more uh, either cooperative or hostile towards the island's native inhabitants. Your character's name is Dasade, which I think is your last name and people will refer to you as that throughout the game and you get to choose between being a man or being a woman the character customization is woefully inadequate, you get to pick your gender, you don't get to ch- uh, like change your body in any way, you get to pick from a set number of faces, skin tones, eye colours, and a couple of hairstyles, I think there's only about six, and the hair colour slider ranges from white to black, with a parade of blondes and browns in between, So. Normally, when I go into like a fantasy style game like this, my go-to is to make me like a green-eyed, red-haired witch. I just love that. That, That's my go-to character. Couldn't do that in this game because there is no red hair option. And also, most of the hairstyles were just like ponytail down the side of your neck, ponytail down the side of your neck the other way this time, and plaits. So, (laughs) it wasn't great i've seen better customization of characters and things like saints row not even to talk about other role-playing games so that was slightly disappointing it also does this thing that i hate when games do so At the beginning of the game, I like a clever way for you to design your character, like uh, to mention Saints Row 2. At the end of Saints Row 1, your character was blown up and you're being wheeled into a a prison ward after having surgery and having the bandages removed from your face. And that's the point at which you get to design your character. This kind of tries to do that, but then fails at it spectacularly because there's a portrait painter in a room. He's painting a portrait. He hasn't filled in the face yet. He's giving like commands to an unseen person going like oh could you just turn this way could you turn that way and i'm like okay this is a clever way for me to get to design my character but no then it shows you a male decide just standing there and he gets to deliver a line of dialogue before we even get to decide if we want to be a man or a woman so if you want to be a woman your immersion is instantly broken because a second ago you were a man And now you've just changed entirely. So I don't know why they showed you the character before you got to design them. That was a weird choice. You then get to choose your speciality. These are basically the specialities in all these kind of RPG games. So you've got warrior of heavy weapons. You've got what is essentially a rogue, but is described as like a technical person who does like bombs and grenades and guns and stuff like that. And then you also have your magic using character. One good thing about this is that the levelling up system is actually kind of like a wheel with different spokes, so if halfway through the game you're just like, actually I kind of want to be able to use a sword as well as being able to magic people, you can just start putting points into that. You also get these things called memory crystals quite regularly which allow you to reassign all your points. So. You're not locked into a specialisation that you're going to hate later on. Uh, It is quite forgiving on that side of things. And also you get to put points into the usual things like charisma or intuition. uh, Things to level up your magic power faster. Things to make you stronger and faster in combat. And all of that lovely stuff. The magic using specialisations have basically two prongs. You've got a spell and then you've got magic rings. Um, this is one of the things that kind of annoyed me is that there is only one spell it does a lot of things like as you level it up it gets like a lot of buffs and things that it puts onto characters and and affects them in different ways but it is basically just the one spell it's called stasis when you first get it it just sort of freezes things until you hit them again and then they become unfrozen Uh, but obviously as you level it up it adds these different like debuff things so it's like breaking down their armor or I don't know poisoning them or whatever it does um so that they get weakened as you do that and it is quite useful because most of the time you'll be attacked by a group of enemies and most of the time that group will have like an alpha of just like one randomly bigger or more powerful enemy and you can freeze them while you deal with the little ones uh, and then clear the field a little bit for when you want to tackle the big one So that's quite useful. The magic rings just allow you to do like a shadow missile, which is like a a distance range attack, which is just like a sort of black power ball. Uh, And then a close up kind of melee attack, which is like a a magic punch. Uh, So there's that. You can also switch to a a secondary weapon at any point as well, like using a sword or a club or something, if you just want to like twat things about for a bit, if you've run out of magic power. So it's quite quite a good magical system, but it's not terribly varied and there aren't like different types of spells. Like in Dragon Age where you could focus on like fire or ice or entropic or whatever, it is basically just those two things. Obviously because it's like a Bioware style game, which I figure at some point we're going to have to come up with a new name for if Bioware doesn't start putting them out again soon, but... In one of those games, you would have a party of, of different people, and obviously a lot of the game is going to revolve around getting to know them, doing their loyalty missions, romancing whichever one of them takes your fancy, and that is, adds a lot of like depth and interest to the world. So I'm going to give a quick rundown of the companions and the factions they represent. First up, you've got Kurt, who's a coin guard. They're basically just like soldiers for hire as the name would suggest. Then you've got Vasco, who is a nought. They're basically seafaring navy slash pirates. They're the only ones who know how to navigate the sea and are quite mysterious because of that. Then you've got Siora, who is one of the island natives and is sort of, I guess, a princess of the tribe she comes from because her mum was their leader before she died. Then you get Petrus, who's an old man, who kind of dresses like a conquistador, uh, who is from Teleme, which which is basically Roman Catholics and they are just as much of a bastard as you would expect them to be and then lastly Afra, who is the only companion who's a person of color who is from the bridge Alliance who are basically scientists and naturalists whichever one of those things don't mean naked people naturalist naturist I think naturalist um, so from them and their whole vibe is kind of um, Arabian I guess kind of like Persia Like, way back when they were discovering, like, algebra and science and stuff, and we were still living in our own poo in Europe. So so those are your main factions. You... Take two of these people with you every time you go out on a mission, and their input on those missions is sometimes helpful and helps you to gain reputation with both them and their faction. So throughout the game, you'll build rep with your own people and the different factions, and that kind of plays into the end game where if you're not friendly with all of the factions, it affects you know who's available to help you with the final big boss at the end. I'm gonna try and keep this spoiler free uh, just in case you want to go play it because. I think the story of the game is one of its main strengths it's really interesting and focuses a lot on environmentalism which i think is quite important especially where we are at this point in time but it also adds this extra layer to a narrative that is basically all about invasion and conquering and colonization and the negative aspects of that as well as some of the positive ones of like um, working together to solve different problems But also this pretty heavy narrative, especially when you get into the Tulemae and Bridge Alliance missions. Because Tulemae is all about forcing people to worship their god and to abandon their heathen ways, even if they have to be like rounded up and tortured. And the Bridge Alliance just wants to experiment on the natives and and treat them as sort of less than human, which are obviously big parallels to actual history. One aspect of the story relates to Desade. you might notice when you go to design your character that they have a massive like, birthmark on their face that kind of looks like roots uh, over one side of it. And this is apparently something that a lot of the islanders have and so speculation begins to arise as to why we have this birthmark, how are we connected to the island if indeed we are and things like that. Unfortunately, this jarred slightly with something else, which is related to the main plot. The reason that we want to go to this new world is to try and find a cure for this horrifying disease, which is ravaging our homeland and is called the Malicor. And it basically is a bunch of like black veins on the face, a load of like kind of wormy looking skin um, and is later explained as like your blood turning black and, and thick unfortunately the disease looks a lot like your birthmark at least on like first viewing so when we go to say goodbye to our mother who has the disease like ahead of traveling to the new world i thought that we had it like that it was going to develop further from this like little patch on our face and that the reason we were so set on looking for a cure is because we were going to die it isn't until later on that they're like oh yes that birthmark and it gets referred to as anything else it isn't even talked about at the start of, of the game like until you meet like a group of islanders which can be several hours in depending on which side missions you decide to do so that was really confusing and not terribly well explained at all likewise a lot of the lore of the islanders Um, They keep referring to things as like um, their own terms, which can be a little bit hard to remember and a bit poorly defined. For example, they keep throwing around words like Donagad and Onal-Manawe and these aren't really explained that much. You just kind of have to pick them up from context or Google them. Um, But essentially there is uh, a group of the islanders who are Onal-Manawe, which means that they have kind of bonded through a ceremony with the island and can draw on its power and then a denegad is like a more powerful version of that like a shaman or something that has shape-shifting powers I think I'm still not entirely sure and I'm kind of halfway through the second playthrough so there's a little bit of lore that went kind of over my head but overall, I think the story is pretty solid. I understood what was going on like as we went into the climax of the game. It did have several surprising twists, which I didn't see coming, which a lot of video games, when they're gonna like have plots like this, like the twists tend to be things that have been done before in, in other video game stories. But this actually managed to surprise me at several turns and uh, that was quite delightful. I really enjoyed that. The graphics and the setting of it all is quite pretty if very brown i will say everywhere you go is either a kind of brown city or a very brown semi-autumnal forest um so there's a lot of brown going on but I i will say that the different armors and costumes and things that you get to wear throughout the game are pretty cool in their design and there were none that were like ass achingly ugly which is a problem i have with some of the stuff in like bioware games it's like i would wear this but it looks like garbage so i'm not gonna But all of the armour and stuff did look pretty good and looked the same on men and women. So it didn't suddenly turn into like a bikini and a thong when you put it on a lady and like a full suit of armour on a man. Adjacent to the story, all of the companions that you get are pretty likeable. I enjoyed their company. They do get a lot of dialogue just incidentally as you're like walking around. Annoyingly, they will only say like one or two things during combat. And you will be hearing those one or two things a lot. For example Kurt who is like one of the first companions like you start the game with him so you'll probably end up using him a lot he just keeps shouting things are about to get dicey and you'll hear that at least three times per fight in every fight you are in so that can be kind of annoying uh, which I wish they kind of put more stuff in for him to say or for any of them to say but at least all the characters are likeable uh, except for Petrus who can go huff a dong because I did not like him and I did not forgive him even though my character was kind of made to in a cut scene there's some stuff that he's done that you're just like I'm not going to forgive you for that and then Desade is like oh I see where you're coming from and I'm like Triter, I do not agree two of the things that I kind of get why people didn't like about the game a lot of people criticize the combat for being sticky clunky and repetitive it is all three of those things Uh, one of the really annoying aspects of it is that you can get knocked down like you have a stat for balance and a lot of creatures and enemies will just knock you over so basically combat Devolves into who can stun lock who fastest Uh, So once you get your balance up high enough and your attacks staggering enough, you can just keep knocking your opponent down Or if they're stronger than you they will keep knocking you down and it will be teeth-rendingly frustrating Um, Also, you only have like three or four moves that you can do in combat So it does get a little bit repetitive even though it is quite easy to learn And uh, I don't know if this is the same for other classes, but I did not have like a dodge roll or an evade, um, which made it super difficult when one of the first big enemies you have to fight in like the opening part of the game can just kind of fill up the arena and kind of crawl towards you, back you into a corner and kill you. And you can't get away from that because there's no option to do it. So I just had to keep like freezing him and then running away. I felt like, piper from charmed but not in a good way so the combat can be a little bit frustrating it's it's not difficult but it is a little bit samey and frustrating and i found myself kind of sneaking past groups of enemies because i just couldn't be bothered Uh, another thing i will say and this was probably my top annoyance with the game because i've played a lot of games with sort of boring or um, sticky combat and it's not like a deal breaker but this was my top annoyance was it's a wordy game And that means, like, not only that, at the beginning, when you're, like, meeting characters, that they talk a lot. Each quest you pick up, they'll talk about four times as much as is strictly necessary. Like, the quest will be, our expedition has vanished. Can you go look into why that's happened? And you'll be talking to them for a solid four minutes. And when I say talking, I don't mean picking dialogue options. I mean that the characters will just talk to each other with no input from you. Editing Sarah here, I have been playing more of the game, but I wanted to chime in with an anecdote that during one such cutscene, I was in a safe place, so I just kind of wandered off, because I already knew what I was going to be told, because I played the game before, uh, and I just left it to run through the cutscene, went downstairs, waited for a frittata to be cooked, plated it up, came back upstairs, and the cutscene was still going. It was at least seven minutes. Um, with no input from me it hadn't stopped on like a textbook saying you need to pick what you're gonna say next no nope. they were still gas bagging away and i was just sitting there eating my frittata it's really irritating like in dragon age origins and stuff you'll say like a line and you'll get to like pick that line from like three or four things basically every time your character has to speak that is not the case um your input into dialogue is basically just pick a topic for them to talk about and then they'll just natter like your nan at a coffee morning while you're standing to the side going let's go um so that's really irritating uh i found myself fiddling with my phone a lot because i didn't care and obviously you can skip a lot of the dialogue and i didn't really want to do that because obviously there's lore law you need to know but the, every single quest you pick up is just chat 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 And then every step of that quest requires talking to more people. And there are too many steps in quite a lot of the side quests. It will be not just, uh, for example, when you pick up one of Kurt's relationship quests, it's to find out what's happened to this recruit that he wanted to introduce you to, who's gone missing and then turns out to be dead and then looking into his death. There are a lot of steps in this quest and more than one of them is just talk to these three people to find out if any of them know anything. And the game will make you talk to all three of them, which is really annoying. Like, even if you, like, pick the right one, who's who's going to give you the right information, you do still have to talk to all of them. And the conversations are really long and very repetitive because you'll be asking each one, like, oh, what part of the army do you work in? Oh, the same part as the last two guys. And what kind of training do you do? Oh, the same kind of training as the last two guys. So that's really, really irritating. And I felt like a lot of the side quests could have had their dialogue substantially reduced because a lot of the time they just weren't saying anything of interest or of importance to the game. They were just saying things like in the longest way possible. And also the way they read the lines is super long. So, for example, I always have the subtitles turned on um, because of... You know potentially loud noises from outside and i will read the line of dialogue that's on screen about five times as fast as they're having the actor say it and i'm quite a fast reader but the way that they speak is really quite unreasonably ponderous so that is also quite frustrating so if you're looking for like a long game it is long but only because people talk a lot so if you like games where people talk a lot go ahead but I found myself skipping quite a lot of the signed quest dialogue from about the midpoint of the game because it was just like i don't care i just need to find out where i need to go and what i need to kill one last thing uh, before i get to sort of summing up is that the romancing of characters it's pretty good like there's a pretty good range of, of characters who are either bisexual or just for like a, a male desade or a female desade i like when they have like preferences like that because it's just kind of interesting and, and makes them seem a little bit more human the annoying part about the relationship kind of quest if you like to, to like get with whichever character you've chosen is that you do all their loyalty quests like as you would normally just play in the game but you have to use two specific lines of dialogue which are not marked as like romance dialogue uh, as responses in conversations that you'll have with them to even open up the possibility of romancing them and um it was quite annoying. I, I watched my brother play this game before I like played through it the first time. And he was set on romancing Siora. Great choice. She's a classy bird. But he answered like one line of dialogue from like one of the four options different to like the line that opens up romance dialogue. And he was locked out from romancing her forever. And I do not like this system. Um, The Dragon Age system is basically like there's sign postage romance lines of dialogue and then you kind of take the other conversations and you either get approval or lose approval but you can always kind of get it back by making different choices down the line this game means that you have to make two correct choices which are kind of difficult to work out which line is correct because like the other lines of dialogue are kind of equally nice and understanding but only one will do So I kind of dislike any game where to make a romance work, you have to use a guide, Um, which uh, I guess is kind of annoying, especially if you've played through most of the game already and then fuck it up. So obviously through going through this review, there are a couple of things that did annoy me about the game, that I think could have been improved upon and that I think some of them didn't quite make sense in the way that it was designed. But what I will say is that if you are like me and you really enjoy games like Dragon Age, if you've been waiting years for a follow-up to Inquisition to come out and you're really looking for another kind of fantasy-style party-based RPG game, this is a pretty good one. It's rough around the edges, but I think that's mainly because it's not got, like, the budget of of a lot of other games, like, a lot bigger. And if you want to, like, role-play and not just play as a set character, so you don't really want to play something, like, you know the Witcher 3 where you are you know locked in as Geralt it's a pretty good alternative it's kind of an underlooked game and I I wish a lot more people kind of got the ability to like know about it and play it because I did enjoy it I did enjoy like large parts of the story and the characters and the world that it's set in is really interesting and kind of unique it is lacking in some areas it seems like maybe they could have put a little bit more time into the variety of enemies like the variety of attacks and just more options for customization it feels like a lot of that stuff has been pared down to try and make the game work on like whatever budget they were working with or whatever time frame they were doing it in Um, but at the end of the day it is quite an enjoyable game to play and uh, it'll definitely fill a gap if that's the kind of game that you really love and are really looking to play and you want to get into some sort of like magic-y fantasy world where you get to roam around with a party of companions and solve quests even if those quests do involve a lot of chit chat Uh, so basically if you like the kinds of games Bioware used to put out before they were forced to work on you know dumb shit that no one wanted then uh, definitely pick this one up and and give it a go and uh let me know what you think about it if you know of anything else similar to this that you think i might like to play well, let me know and uh, drop me a suggestion because uh, i'm looking for some new stuff to get to grips with now that i've finished up my uh, nostalgia playthroughs of things for a while and in the meantime i'll see you in the next episode bye